Yeah, having him join just so that we can, I can get his initial reactions to, you know, a few of the things that are that are going on. Um, so what I'm going to try and do is record this here and then kind of join everything, merge everything in. Yo, what's good, bro? Hey, what's going on? You're the man. You're the man. All right. So you're waiting for that. But let me just get you in this now because I am recording, so I got the audio going. So how are you doing for the people right now? How how has FDOT been faring in this coronavirus pandemic slash, you know, um, police brutality, racial uproar that is going on right now? How are you doing? <laughs> have, have you been protesting in the city that I've seen today? No, no, I haven't been out with the protests. So I've been, I've been locked down in my room, man. That's what going so crazy. That's where I'm, I'm glad, yeah. Really bunkered out. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and my thing is with with the baby. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I can't go protest, but I've been, you know, supporting financially. Like I, I've contributed to like Color of Change and the National Urban League. So, you know, just mm -hmm. and trying to do my do my part in this, uh, you know, this entire yeah. entire thing. So, but, yeah. The revolution must be financed, man. The revolution won't be man. televised, but it must be You financed. better tell him, that. You better tell him the revolution has to be financed. Yes, yes. All right, so I'm going to go into it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I've seen a few posts that you actually put up. Um, the most recent one was um, Donald Trump and him basically, like, holding up um, the Bible at um, that, um, was it, like, a Catholic church uh, that was off of, like, what, Pennsylvania Avenue, and he basically dispersed everybody. So I wanted to get your reactions about that. You know, it, I've seen that, um, you know, they, they, they've drawn compares, comparisons to, like, Hitler, like, when he, you know, held up the, the Bible. I'm not too sure if you, if you saw that, um, that photo. Yeah. Um, but what, are, what, are your, what were your immediate reactions in regards to that? I mean, I know, like, the generals and so forth have come, against, have come out against him. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have to take a huge leap and compare him to Hitler or anything like that. To be honest, I heard that mm. photo was doctored, so I don't know yeah. if that's what's necessary. But if you just look at what actually happened, right, there's a group of peaceful protesters outside, and then the U.S. president hits them with tear gas and flashbang yeah. grenades in order for him yeah. to go take a picture. I think that in and of it, yeah, well, yeah, it's a, but it's really like he just took a picture. Right, like you don't even have yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that's what he exactly. wanted to go do. He wanted to go take a picture. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think that in and of itself is extraordinary. It's insane. It's something that a dictator does. If you saw Kim Jong Un do some shit like that, you'd be outraged, right? We'd be like, oh my you'd god. You'd be outraged. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a dictator. He's hurting his own people. How do these people live with this? And that it's happening in America, and it's happening to our own people. So I just yeah, exactly. that moment was extraordinary, and I couldn't, you know, it's just kind of be on the pale for me. But exactly. And then just, like, speaking of, like, the law enforcement, of course, the um, National Guard uh, within D.C., it doesn't re, uh, don't, they don't report to, from what I heard, they don't report to, like, a governor how, like, the other states do. They actually report to the president. So anything that the you know, president, you know, at the time says they have to do. But just seeing law enforcement and then, uh, and, and, and seeing the uh, over-aggressiveness uh, that, that we've seen, um, you know, to peaceful protesters, um, what, what are you thinking about that? Like, how, what are you thinking about, like, the police department, like, your, your, just your broad, raw reactions in regards to that and, and just the events that are happening right now? Yeah, I think that, so one of the things I always find funny is that the police are out there being so aggressive and so 
you know, um, yeah, just so extra for the peaceful protest, but they don't seem to be around when the looting starts. Like, I don't know how Ooh. you're around, like, flashbanging, gassing people, but all the stores still get looted. Unless what you're doing is you're hitting the protesters and you're leaving all the looters alone to let them do their business so mm. that they look worse. So yeah. I, I think that not only are they being very aggressive and excessive, but they're also being very ineffective. They're not really helping their cause or the cause of anybody out. Because right mm. now they're being caught on camera every five seconds looking as brutal as we said they are and showing that there is as mm. much of a problem as we said there is. And also they're yeah. not helping any of the businesses or any of the people around stay safe because obviously all this looting is still going on and they haven't caught anybody doing that yet. So I think yeah. this is just like, I think, you know, people get mad about the protests and they're like, oh, why is there all this violence and why is there all this stuff going on? But I think it's necessary because if people don't do this in mass, you don't get all the videos, you don't get all the news stories, you don't get, um, you know, news broadcasters getting shot in the neck by a rubber bullets on camera with credentials out. You know, these types of things need to happen so that they can show the injustice that's going on, not only to us, but to the community at large and show that these police officers are really just out of control. They don't care who you are, white, black, Hispanic. You better, um, you better and, preach. You, know, you better preach. They're just, yeah. <laughs> they're to hit you with bullets and let you know that they're in control. So I, I think that, you know, this stuff is necessary and it's showing this, you know, what's going on on a daily basis within the black community. Yeah. And so do you believe, because what I'm, what I'm seeing now and, you know, just within my thoughts um, and kind of like what I felt about police before um, and kind of just the call to action now, as I, as I was actually, you know, telling somebody um, or even thinking to myself that George Floyd was actually used in a way, if you, if, depending on how you, how, you know, people like view life, but I feel like this was a catalyst, right? Like with Michael Brown and with Tamir Rice, like all of that. But now I feel like it's bubbling up and it's gotten to that point where people are done or not, not even just people, but black Americans are done with what's going on. Do, would you say you agree with that? And do you feel as though like a shift is happening, a tide is turning um, right now? I think there's a, so I think black people are always done with this, right? Like there was never a point in time yeah. over the last 20, 30 years where we were very far from brutality. You know, like yeah. this goes all the way back to Rodney King. You we were burning down cities, right? I think the shift has been that a lot of this has shifted to a more broader demographic. You had protests going on all around the world for people supporting, you know, our cause, and you have a lot of protests going on in predominantly white cities and predominantly white people protesting. I yeah. saw a. I saw a, a picture of a bunch of people, a bunch of like white girls protesting in um, Mount Kiska. You know, like I think yes, this okay, has, okay. Has, I think this sentiment has changed from one that oh, it's just those black people over there. They really don't know what they're talking about. They're being extra. To so evidence is so overwhelming. People see it so often. It's all the time. It's every other week. I mean, there were three killings right before this one. This was like the third one yes. that happened in the two months, right? Yep. Like you know, yep, you got so, a lot, Albury. Yep. Yeah, Breonna yeah, Taylor, yeah. So, I mean, it's not even, like, they couldn't even say, oh, this is unique, like, this doesn't happen that much. This was the third one that happened in so many weeks. So, month. I think, exactly. I think that's the difference here, is that there's, there's not much of an excuse anymore. These people can't say that it's one bad apple or, you know, like, this is one isolated incident. Everybody knows that there's a problem, and you see a lot of support coming out from everybody. Even the NFL was like, oh, we're wrong about Colin Kaepernick. Freaking NFL. Yeah, because um, you saw so, you saw Drew Brees' statements, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, man. It's just um, so I don't know. I, I feel like the support is there, and I feel like it's bubbling over for the nation, and that's what we yeah. really needed. We needed the nation to come out with us, not just have it be a black issue, but a, an American issue.
you actually can see that that white people are um, that are understanding. Would you correlate this? Because this is kind of in my mind how I correlate this almost to Bloody Sunday um, in the in the way that white people always, you know, looked away almost as they do now, looked away from you know the you know black people telling them what has been going on and and almost you know white people just seeing and just you know turning a blind eye to it you know turning turning the other cheek so to speak or not even turning the other cheek but just turning a blind eye to it would you correlate this something like would you correlate this to um like a you know time in past with bloody sunday where it was actually televised when they were you know walking day meeting the protesters um at the time martin luther king and the rest of um you know the civil rights movement them crossing over with the William Pettus Bridge to be, you know, brought um, or to be, I would say, uh, them walking into like the police and then, then, then the police sticking dogs and then beating them and then white people being able to see like this is really happening, injustices is really happening. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think people misunderstood what Martin King was doing. He wasn't mm-hmm. peacefully protesting just for the sake of peacefully protesting. The whole point of what he was doing was he was trying to show people that for us, just walking down the street is a problem. We're just going to organize and do a march, right? And then they're going to stick yeah. dogs on us and just beat us to a bloody pulp. And people didn't completely yeah. understand that that was happening. They heard little things, but they're like, no, you're, you're exaggerating. That's too much. There's no way they're doing that. Mm. Um, this one mm. little separate be equal, separate but equal. You guys have equal things. Like, you had to show them the the visceral reaction that was happening. So Martin Luther King, really what he was doing was he was expecting the violence. He wanted that violence to happen, but he had to show Mm. the, the, you know, like we're being peaceful, they're being arrogant. Um, And I think today, you know, you have to kind of update the tactics. You can't walk around marching peacefully anymore because all the, you know, like when Martin Luther King was doing it, he did this in Chicago. Mayor Daly understood what he was doing. So he directed everybody to leave them alone. He was like, leave them alone, don't okay. touch them. We're actually going to go behind them. We're going to act like we're cleaning up. And we're going to have a meeting with mm. them. We're going to say we're going to do some stuff, blah, blah, blah. Martin Luther King left, and then Daly just reneged on everything. But he was able to get to mm. that episode not looking bad because nothing happened in the city. There was no chaos. So yeah. all, the, all the municipalities now understand that tactic, right? Okay, if somebody wants to march, leave them alone. They get no press. Nobody covers a peaceful protest. So you yeah. have to find some way to incite that you have to find some way to get people to look in at what is happening. And I think that now with all the camera phones and everything that you put on camera, this is the way we have to do it, right? You have to catch the cops in the act. You have to catch them on in camera. The That's our yeah. form of protest, right? When you see something bad, yeah. can go get your camera out, record it. Because um, that's the only way we can really bring attention to this. That's how, that's like the updated tactic for today. You have to catch them in the act now. And it's easy because I, I, you guys do And that's what time. I would, yeah. And that's what I was saying too. Um, I think I was uh, talking to like, it was a TIFF or, or whatever the case is and just saying our technology right now is our, not saving grace, but technology is on our side right now. Um, granted, it could be a catch-22 with technology, meaning like social media and how, as you know, bringing it back, quote unquote, fake news and, um, you know, how, or even like Russia propaganda, like how people are able to skew uh, certain stories and, you know, keep pushing them out in social media. However, you know, with technology and, and, and our cell phones, uh, as you said, you, you're able to catch these officers, you're able to catch, um, you know, uh, them in the act of doing some sort of something, you know, something criminal. 
um, potentially, or just doing something just not right and what police are, are not supposed to do. You know, they're supposed to, they're there to serve and protect us, but that's just not, that's not happening. Um, but so right before I let you go, uh, in regards to like the looters and the protesters and stuff like that, uh, you see, um, you, I'm not too sure if, you, if you've seen it, but I, I know like a, you have white people who are saying, oh, well, these are looters, these are looters, these are looters. Uh, and, you know, that's not right. And, and, you know, and almost in my opinion, um, thinking that the looters are all black people, right? And then, then we have black people who are actually protesting, peacefully protesting, but, um, you know, but having that looter, uh, I would say, uh, title, you know, tagged to them. So my question for you is like, what's your thought about like the looting and the rioting, um, you know, with burning, you know, buildings down and, and, and burning establishments and so forth? Yo, what's up, bro? I'm glad I was able to get you on an impromptu thing. I was just actually asking yes that, like, what his thought of like the rioting and the burning of buildings and so forth. So right before you go, um, Pharaoh, um, what do you what are you thinking about that, Estat? Um, I guess I think about it like, so I think there are kind of three people, three types of people who show up to a protest, right? So they're like the the people who want to go there and peacefully protest, hold up their signs and chant. Um, the other people who want to have a certain amount of chaos happen at the protest because they know that causing that destruction, going at the police, and really kind of fighting back on them is the thing that's going to get them attention and going to go get the the protest, you know, recognized and people are going to mm. respond to that. And then you have people who are coming there just for the opportunity to loot. And those aren't really mm. protesters. They're just milling around like, okay, like when is the chaos going to start so I can go and rob, um, you know, a Burberry store or something like that. And I think you have to separate them. And I also think that there are lots and lots of pictures of white people doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yes, going sir. doing this looting. Yes, sir. Um, going doing this rioting. So they don't go rioting during um, a police protest. They do it after the Super Bowl happens, right? Like, you know, when they're yep. the Super Bowl, all of a sudden, that's when they riot. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. why ours is considered so much worse than what they are doing. And I also don't think you can't lump them all together. And I do think that if the police really wanted to stop the looting, they could, but they just don't want to. Because right now, they can stop mm. all the protests, right? They're able to blow them all up, hit them with tear gas. You know, Trump was able to go take that picture across the street, right? He just tear gas everybody and walked across the street. If you really want to walk across the street, rioting, yeah. you could. Mm. They just don't particularly want to. They want to see the disruption happen. They want to disrupt your lives. Like I saw a um, – somebody made a post, and I honestly, honestly thought it had some merit. They were like, this curfew right now in the city is not so much to protect anybody, but it's to make everybody inconvenienced and mad at the protesters. <laughs> So right now, mm. you can't go out at 8 o'clock. Now you're mad, right? You're like, oh, my God, you protests are out of control. It's so much. Because like, of I can't the go out at 8 o'clock. I'm angry at the protesters. So you have to think yeah. about why these things are allowed to happen, and you have to think about what is the real strategy behind this. Um, mm. And then also, there's, there's a lot of video of, like, agitators. Like, there's one video about a bunch of white guys running around with bricks, just handing them out to people. And there was another one mm. where, like, there was a big pile of the bricks just placed outside of a police station, just randomly. Um, and I, it was like wow, kind of unloading them. So I, you have to think about like all this isn't happening organically. Like a lot of this is, you know, trolls, right wing extremists coming out to really agitate the whole situation because they know that the worse these things look, the better their side looks. And I definitely don't put them past it to do that. So I think I, that's, I, really I, that's exactly one picture. thing I was thinking about too. 
one thing I was thinking about too. I, I wouldn't put it past them just to go there, bust just like you've seen, um, you know, either all those guys in all black or whatever the case is, and they seem to be white or busting up sidewalks, um, you know, just causing havoc, uh, just so that the protest and, and, and basically just that the protest will be seen as, you know, just chaos, you know, and that, it, you know, there, it has no effect. So I do agree with you on that for sure. That yeah. is so awesome. Well, Esad, I definitely want you to stick around if you can, but I know that you're out. I was going to ask Pharaoh a few questions. I know I didn't want to take up too much of your guys' time, but um, I know you were just saying something if you wanted to finish that up. Oh, no. Um, yeah, that's just basically my thought. I mean, I, I think that not all of that is, you know, outside agitators, but I do think they're um, contributing to the chaos. And I think this chaos is kind of, you know, I think a lot of people who want the chaos to happen to discredit the protesters. Um, so mm. I don't think that this is actually just naturally happening after, like, natural protests. There are millions of protests that go on all year round. Majority of them don't come out to be these kind of big, massive riots. So you have to think about, like, why now? Why this one? Why is it happening mm. here? Um, and, you know, that's the that's thought you have to ask. Yeah, bigger and broader than that. That's dope. Fair. I'm going to kick it to you, dude. I, I decided I didn't want to take up too much of your guys' time. Uh, I just want you to, like, an impromptu, like, get your guys' reactions on, on like, what's going on. So the first thing I was asking um, Estat was, you know, basically just, like, police brutality uh, and what are your raw emotions that are going on right now with, um, you know, the – with basically just, one, the, the killing of George Floyd, but, you know, then, two, just, you know, the – I would say the hardship that it seems to be to um, arrest four officers. Like, what, what, what are your reactions on that? So, I mean, my biggest thing is we keep going through this. This is like, what, the 12th or 20th shooting yep. we've seen on video at this point. And we riot, we protest, the police respond, they lock everything down. We kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again. So my raw emotion is kind of numb. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I feel like, you know me, I can only ride a roller coaster so many times before I'm going <laughs> to want a different solution. Um, mm -hmm. So the fact that people are burning things down, I mean, when I when white people bring that up to me, I'm like, well, what else are they supposed to do? You told them there they're yelling, go. they can't kneel, they can't hold up signs. Like, you've literally deleted every avenue they've had to express themselves or to complain about this problem. Third, you haven't passed a law. We can keep yep. talking about this, but no law has passed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like I always tell people, I've been numb since Tamir, Tamir Rice. When I watch mm. those cops pull up on that little boy playing in the park, i like, if this don't change your mind, nothing will. Nothing, nothing will. will. Yeah. This was a little kid. And I, I, I have to I have to agree with you too with yeah. um oh sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 but like that that imaging, that's like the breath of what we're trying to like tell you, like our children essentially aren't safe. That wasn't enough. Exactly. So there's no argument um, that we have. Yeah. Yep. None whatsoever. Yeah. None whatsoever. I wanted to ask because I know you bring up a great point which is passing a law. Um, I just, just read that um, there, basically there's a, a, a bill that is um, on the Senate floor for uh, like a lynching, uh, something around, along lynching, but um, 
apparently Rand Paul is the one person that is not allowing that to pass the Senate right now. Have you, did you hear about that, that particular um, legislation yeah, that there? If, that, if, yeah. if I remember correctly, this bill has been like a long time coming. Like when's the last oh, time wow. someone's been like foolish, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't even sell rope like yeah. that anymore. So it's like one mm. of those old laws, like that's the wrong law. Like now you're late. <laughs> like I needed the linking bra back in the 60s and 50s, not now. Exactly. Yeah, why is it? Yeah, like, you fuckers yeah. are late. And you wonder why yeah. these black kids are, blow, are just angry. They're angry because you're not listening to them. Uh, yeah. And you know, would you put, law. Would you put the law not passing, what would you say the, the, the who would you put the, the failure on? Is it all of us? Is it, you know, wh and what can we do? So that's one, but then two, what can we do? Because, you know, to pass this, this is something that I have been, you know, thinking about and it, that this is how we need to fight. Like, I understand people are protesting and, you know, as, as I think we, we have our um, sectors of, of people, right? You have your warrior class and if you want to go out there and protest, I need boots on the ground, that's great. We have our other class or other sector that, you know, will be able to, you know, help in the, you know, basically administratively, you know, you know, passing or, you know, writing, you know, letters, things of that nature. So what are you, what are you thinking in regards to how can we pass this legislation? How can we make something like that to be known? Because, you know, you know, embarrassingly enough, I actually, you know, that's not something that ever crossed my mind before until like now. And, I, you know, as I said, yeah, I'm embarrassed to even think that I, I didn't know that, but, you know, hey, everything comes to us when it does. But how can, you know, how can, well, one, who's the onus on regards to that? And then two, like, how can we get this to be passed? Like, add this into our quote unquote black agenda, you know, for, for these politicians. Steve, there's a uh, a discrepancy in your very question. What is the mm. black agenda if it's not attached to actual laws? Mm. Mm. Like, what have you been asking for from your politicians if you haven't asked them for laws? What do black people That's expect from the Democrats every time they go to the polls if they don't expect laws? So yeah. the failure of the question is, well, what the fuck are you been asking for? <laughs> what did you think yeah. the game was played on? What did you think the yeah. tokens were? You know, so this is one of the things that I don't fully, like I said, I can't keep riding the same roller coaster. Because for me, it's mm. like I've seen the Democrats have a super majority. They didn't pass shit. And they do you know shit. Yeah. I, not yeah. shit. I don't even see the Democrats having a law put together ready for the floor on this. Mm. You know, you Obama, tell put, you Obama tell put together a task force, and the, the the essential heart of the task force was if we build trust between the police and the community, they'll stop killing us. As if trust is. Yeah, I'm problem. over that. I'm over that. I'm over that type <laughs> like, of reform, dude. Like, yeah, like, we need to put legislation out there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, pass laws, That's... change laws, get rid of the laws that prevent us from prosecuting these guys. All the little roadblocks. Mm. Just clear it up. Mm. If you commit a crime, yeah. whether you're a cop or not, you you pay the price. You know? yep. Every time a cop shoots a natural-born citizen without a trial, that's an unsanctioned state execution. That's supposed mm. to be legal. The founding fathers mm. would be okay with that. I just said it in white yeah. people terminology. You take that language <laughs> to any white person, they don't have a rebuttal. None. Stop telling them black lives, black lives matter. The police are out here killing natural-born citizens. Mm. That's how you have that's to put okay it. That's you. exactly that's, how you have to put that's it. That's how you have to put it. 
All right? Mm. Black Lives Matter is not enough. Because all they can say is all lives matter. Now we're in another fucking bullshit argument about what is a life and what matters. It's too much. They're yeah. killing us. Right. I, I actually was thinking that, like, something that we need to enact, too, is being able to have police uh, carry insurance. Um, so if they do, um, you know, so that's, so you attack their money, you attack their pockets. If you have insurance and you have a cop like, like, like uh, that guy, Derek Chauvin, who had 17 complaints against him and involved in three shootings in his career um, that I, I want to say resulted, of course, in, in fatality, um, say if he had insurance, you know, as, as a police officer, that one sh- that one shooting, no no insurance company would want would, would want to um, have him, um, you know, would want to insure him and, and have him on the uh, uh, you know uh, on, on uh, in the streets with the people. What do you think about that? So once again, the problem with your question is you wouldn't even need that if there wasn't a flaw in the system already, and that being yeah, police yeah. unions. If we didn't have police unions, which essentially protects these guys when they get in all sorts of little bits of trouble, making it hard to fire them. There's no reason why law enforcement should be unionized. This mm. doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Unionizing law mm. enforcement makes it impossible to change the culture. You only keep these old guys in with these bad habits, and you only keep training the new guys. Exactly. So get rid of the police um, unions. I think SI is... Essa, you're still on the line. I want, run some Farrell finishes his point. I actually wanted to ask you about that too, in regards to you know putting uh, police, you know having police have like insurance put on them, and you know breaking up these police unions. Um, granted, they're extremely powerful, but you know well, I, I would love to um, you know dive into that. But Farrell, go ahead and, and continue on your point because this is this is exactly what I want to call you guys for, and I thank you guys for taking this time, man, and, and let me uh, steal your time here. But but go ahead. Uh, yeah, so the police teams. Um, yeah, but you're right. They're, they're mad powerful. But why? Why are they so mm. powerful? Why, have, mm. why would I, as a mayor, want something else telling my police what to do that's more powerful than me? I'm the elected mm. representative. Nothing should succeed what I say. That's like electing mm. a president and then there being another guy, a union guy, who the military goes to talk to before they follow orders. You would think that mm, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Why would you have the same ridiculous. thing on a local level? Because that's what the police officers are to the day. They're his, his arm of enforcement. So why is there someone else who gives them orders, who can command yeah. them behind the scenes? Well, that's the biggest problem in New York. The police union guys are more powerful than the mayor. They have more say over what the police do than the mayor does. So you talk about power. Yeah. Who mm. has the power over the police? Not the mayor, who we elect, and that's why no. these guys don't do shit. They police that's themselves. They police themselves, dude. Look, the most racist police that we know about, the ones that are heavily on record, live in democratic strongholds. There you go. I saw something like that on a meme today that says that um, dem- Democrats, uh, Democrats uh, are governing. Actually, Sean King put it up. Um, Democrats uh, are actually governing basically all the cities where police brutality is it has increased or is the strongest um, right now. Which brings exactly me to my happened. other point. Which brings me to yeah. my other point. The militarization of the police. These are little yeah. things that a black president would have done. I don't know. There's nothing about Obama's policy that says 
I got a black president out of status. If anything, mm. I had a black face and the white anger for it, but I didn't get any of the benefits of having that guy in the office as a black yeah. person. And we really mm. have to dissect that. Because as long as the majority of the black community is going to idolize Obama, we're just going to keep making the same mistake. Well, they for Democrats because Republicans are the next Hitler or end of the world tyrant coming, and we're always going mm. to make sure they don't come into power, but we still get shit at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I actually want to, I, I, I do want, as, as I normally do, uh, it, has it been seeing in regards to my track record with, um, with Pharaoh right now um, and, you know, him being right, but I came across uh, this YouTube um, thing and they were talking about like when Joe Biden was on the breakfast club. And when he says, you know, you, uh, if you if you don't see the problem um, or if you have an issue deciding whether to vote for myself or Trump, you ain't black enough. And I, uh, I, I was I was listening to this YouTube thing and and they were basically saying and I agree with them, too. They were like, you have to burn the system down. Like in, in these Democratic areas, you see what's going on with Joe Biden and and the blatant disrespect that he has, you know, has, has shown uh, and, and calling any black person that if they don't vote for him, that they're not black, you know, and the implications um, and the history of that. Like, how, where do you feel as a white man that you can say if just because of their political affiliation that if they don't vote for you, they're not black enough? You know, what, you know if that's if you're still here in this or, or Pharaoh. What do you guys think about that shit when Joe Biden said that? Because I know I was outraged and just flabbergasted. Like, how do you feel as though you as a white man can dictate somebody's blackness, you know? Um, well, first, you want to answer that. You can go ahead. I can go after. I mean, honestly, I was appalled that he said it. But then again, it's gas over Biden. Like, I'm still mad yeah. that Democrats chose him. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I can fuck with Democrats right now because you saw him at the debates. I don't know what about the debate performances told you you wouldn't get what you're getting right now. So yeah. I, we're doomed. So it'll be a very close election. We're really hoping Trump scares everybody enough so Biden wins. <laughs> we'll see about that. Esther, what are you thinking about <laughs> Joe Biden's comments talking about you know, like trying to to measure people's blackness if, if because of their political affiliation. Uh, so I um, so I have two kind of just you know conflicting feelings about it. First, like I agree 100 percent with everything Sarah says. Um, we may have not chosen the same candidate, but we both probably wouldn't have chose Joe Biden. Like if there Joe was Biden. Even there, we wouldn't have chose Joe Biden uh, mm. because this is the kind of stuff he does all the time, right? Like. There was nothing about his debate performances, nothing about his campaign organization. Nothing about him said, I am going to be the winner, other than a bunch of black people in South Carolina picked him. South Carolina said yeah. that we're never going to win, ever. <laughs> like, mm. Democrats aren't winning South Carolina, so why is South Carolina choosing who is going to be our, our candidate? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Iowa doesn't make any mm. sense either. It's a bunch of white people Pre- in the middle of the country. Keep preaching, because I don't think they hear you in the back, Pastor. I don't think they hear you in the back, Pastor. <laughs> This is the truth. Um, so, like, yeah, so I, I 100% agree with that portion. I do, but <laughs> with what Biden said, though, I, I don't disagree with it that much. I mean, if you're really, like, on the fence about 
who should I vote for? Should I vote for Trump or should I vote for um, Joe Biden? I mean, if you're really considering voting for Trump, I don't know if you're really looking out for your people. Like, I don't know what is really going through you're your You're not head. voting in your interest, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't I, – like, as much as I don't, like, you can't – like, especially Joe Biden. Of all people, Joe Biden can't tell me that I'm not black based on who I vote for. <laughs> but if you're just saying, look at the choice. Like, if the choice is, you know, Martin Luther King versus um, Jim Crow South, and you're like, hmm, Jim Crow South is looking great. Like, then I'm kind of questioning your blackness. I'm like, well, like why, as a why black do you person. think that's better? Um, so mm. that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, like, I just think that his gas machine, he's going to say stupid stuff now. He's going to say stupid stuff later. Um, it's probably best that he is a gas machine because people are going to discount him for that instead of thinking it as an actual thought. But it's not a bad thing to say. It was dumb. It was, at the end of the, it was at the end of the interview. They already ended the interview. They were saying bye. He was done. And then to say yeah. something after that was so insane. That's why it's just like, oh, my God, Joe Biden again. Again, Joe Biden. What What do you think about them? Like, I just wanted to just one last point on that, just because I don't want to, you know, stick too much to Joe Biden right now. But what do you think about, or did you guys see and hear that the entire um, the entire interview, uh, especially and specifically when whoever it was, like as they called him, Joe Biden's handler, when they came on and said, "All right, it's time to go." Did you guys see and hear that? And, and what were your thoughts on that? Either one of you. Well, the handler knew what was happening because that interview was fairly <laughs> contagious. So he's like, let's yeah. get him off of here now. Let's get him off of here quick. And yeah. Joe Biden didn't leave. And then you saw why he did that. But it wasn't a mistake mm. that he was trying to get him off the show. He was like, oh, my God. Like, he's going over the edge. He's getting agitated. He's getting crackety. He could feel um, it on the horse. He's a good handler. He's like, my horse yeah. is off the bus. <laughs> So, yeah, that's all I thought about that was the guy was just trying to get him off the show before he said something dumb. He didn't. The guy said something dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's, and he said exactly, exactly just that. Farrah, what are you thinking about, about that? If, if you even had a, had a thought um, about that uh, particular incident about Joe Biden. Look. I feel like I can't say anything about Biden because everyone already knows I don't like him. So it's like, yeah. what can I, like everything, I said everything I, before him. I tried to warn you about being in this situation in two election cycles in a row. Y'all didn't listen. Mm. Mm. And I agree. And that's, as I said, like, I agree. It's hard right now. I'm, I'm definitely in on the fence. And I know I probably shouldn't be. Uh, you know, especially when, uh, when I was talking to Pharaoh. But um, Esta, what are you thinking about basically black people like taking taking their power back and not allowing the Democrats? I know that we made, we spoke about it before, um, but, I, you know, just a little fuzzy in regards to like what your thought process or where you are right now, because, of course, you, you could have changed, uh, your ideas could have changed. But what are you thinking about black people saying, you know what, Democrats, you do not just ultimately have my have my vote like you have to work for this um and if you don't work for it then we're not voting for you what what do you what are you thinking right now so i did the show on hulu called miss america and it's talking about the passage of the era the equal rights act it's supposed to be mm. an amendment to the constitution they were trying to pass it for a long time it's actually never been passed we actually have enough states to pass it but they have to extend the deadline which the senate is going to do but Basically, this is taking place in the 70s, and there was a movement within the Republican Party to 
break off of the Republican Party and start a conservative party because they felt like the Republicans weren't really representing their interests. That never okay. happened. What the conservatives do, they took over the Republican Party. For African Americans, mm. it's not the best idea just to not vote for Democrats, right? Because your only other option are Republican. What you have to do is you have to get your Democrat in. So really doing things like finding state districts in New York City, but voting your guy in every single time, primarying people. Like, you know, like right now the, the senator from New York is Chuck Schumer. There's not going to be a Republican yes. senator from New York. So why isn't it our guy? Because we have the largest voting mm. block here. It needs to be our person. And we need to say that mm. we're not just going to blanketly support who the Democrats put up. It doesn't matter if you're voting Democrat, Republican, R, D, A, C, B, but you have to vote somebody who can actually get in. So have people run on the ticket that can actually get in and just primary mm. those folks. Like, you just have to kind of work within the system. You can eventually work without the system, but, like, that takes just a gargantuan amount of effort, and you have to really be kind of committed to doing that. So I think the easiest thing is just primary people within the party. If you want the Democratic Party to look more like you, get all these old white guys out and vote, you know, people who represent your interests in. There you go. Easy, easy. Yeah, see, what what do you the think? problem with that hey, is, the problem with that is, good candidates start off talking that goodness, and then they get to the point where you have to raise money, and the guys who pay their money are different from the guys who vote for them. And I think that's essentially <laughs> what's happening. Like, I think people do vote for those guys. I think they just change. Like, people like all politicians lie. Yeah, when they campaign, they're talking all this goodness, but when they're raising their money, they have to say speak a whole different language. And that discrepancy mm. is causing us so much headache. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of... at the end of the day, it's financial. That's that's kind of what runs things, and that's why we're us. I mean, granted, not saying that it doesn't happen because you know, at this point in time, you know, I almost consider myself a novice, um, you know, almost intermediate coming into this political field, and you know, especially with this podcast and talking um, and building with 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 you brothers, but um, you know. That, that, that's where things start is, fi- is financial. Like you, you, if we lobby these these politicians, which basically what we, what what what, uh, what happens within the political sphere is that you lobby your politicians. But with that lobbying comes the financial, you know, or, or resources need to be need to be pushed into that. And, and just as Farrell said, like if we're not, and I believe is what he said, if if we're not putting our money where our mouth is, then we're just going to we're just going to continue in the same place. And, and Farrell, correct me if if I'm wrong. Um, but that's that's what needs to happen. You need a law. Yeah. Right? Those mm. are people who pass laws. You know what I'm saying? That's really yeah. the issue. And don't get me wrong, laws have been passed in general. We just had the most bullshit Congresses back to back who didn't do shit. So it's very hard to talk about passing laws and they can't pass shit normally. But that's really the thing yeah. you need to think. Until a lot of fast, you're just going to get into a more and more violent cycle here. Do you say that we can't pass anything because right now we're outnumbered, meaning like Republicans outnumber Democrats at, the, at this moment? Or what are you, um, you know, speaking of when, when, when you refer to that? For me, it's really political will. Nobody really wants to have that conversation. Nobody really wants to fight for it. They don't see it as mm. something that's going to give them the votes that they're already getting. That's the problem. Like, whether Democrats mm. do or do not do it, they're going to get the same amount of votes from the same people. So, that, how do you fix that? I don't know. Yeah, no, that is true. Yeah. That is true. No, just, to come on, just to come on top of that, 
Um, basically, the incentive structure is so backwards that there's no reason to pass a law like that. So when you're coming up and you're trying to become, you know, a senator or a congressman, you're trying to get into office, all those laws look good because you have no money and the incumbent has all the money. Once you get into power, now you have all the money. You're getting all the money from the lobbyists. You're getting all the money from the special interest groups. And there's no reason to really kneecap yourself to make the, more, the system more fair. Therefore, the incentive mm. structure is backwards. There's no reason to, like, once you're there, you're like, oh, I want all this money because you believe since you ran that you are the best hope for the party, right? That's the only reason yeah. you run. You think you're the best guy for the task. So why change the law so it makes it harder for you to do your job? So, you know, it's, that incentive structure is like I don't know how to break that. But that does, mm. that is something that needs to be broken because once you're in power, you just want to stay in power. You don't particularly want to help people out, and you do. But I mean, that's, that's very the, true. You know, you're you're balancing those things. You want to help people out, but you think the best way to help people out is for you to be in office and the best way for you to be in office is for you to get the most money you can. And it's that that dynamic that's so hard to break. Exactly. But would you say that us as citizens, that that's where our duty comes in and say if we vote somebody in and they don't do and they don't do basically what we are asking for them to do, you know, that's where we, you know, through, even while they're in, say, if they, they do get elected and, and you know, and, and, and they are like either governor, mayor, whatever the case may be, um, that once they say, if we, if we see them not doing what they're supposed to, what's our recourse in that, in that instance, do, like as citizens, you know, and, and again, of course, you know, I'm speaking in my, you know, ignorance and, and, and novice and, you know, novice, um, you know, uh, knowledge of the political sphere but what's our, what is our recourse in that in that instance you know because i don't want to say that all right is to vote them out but see now because of the way the game is set up that doesn't work you have politicians who've been in office for like 30 years federal oh, yeah. legislative politicians you know what i'm saying so that's the issue the game is fucked mm. so it should work but the game's already mm. fucked because of the two parties if we didn't yeah. have the two-party, if we didn't have the federal two-party system, we wouldn't have this problem. Because there's two federal parties with federal agendas, they're fucking up the whole way the system is supposed to work. You're supposed to have mm. state representatives come and argue with your state needs on the federal level at the Congress. But if everyone's coming there with a federal agenda, then they're not really electing politicians. They're really kind of picking guys for a sports team. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Go I mean, into that a little of, bit. Go into that before, before, before you go. Farrell, go into yeah. that a little bit when you mean like you're, you're basically picking, you know, a sports team. So because the, the districts are flipping red or blue, you're not actually changing the mindset or philosophy of the representatives coming to Congress. Even though things are changing, the federal parties, of course, are going to change very slowly. So you're bringing in young minds, but they're forced to accept these older philosophies. So you're not actually yeah. electing politicians. You're just filling up spots like, no, 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 I have that territory now. <laughs> yeah. And Marcus is going to rep for the blue team there, you know? Oh, we have to capture <laughs> yeah. that territory back for the red team. But the yeah. arguments at Congress, they never go anywhere. What is the point? You're okay. supposed to have new politicians coming from different places, bringing new arguments to the floor. That's not happening because everyone's uh -huh. already agreed to the national agenda of their party before they get there. Mm. Go ahead. Esther, go ahead. I, I, so I interrupted you there. 
Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, just to kind of piggyback off that, like, in, like, back in the earlier times, the national machine wasn't as strong as the state machine. So, really, New York State had a very specific political machine that was sending people to Washington. And they were representing New York because they didn't have to worry about the federal machine. There was nobody who was a national figure that was going to disrupt them or get them out of office. It was only going to be what happened in New York. So you had lots of different interests coming in and intermingling. That's why you had a much more diverse set of opinions within each party. Like, you know, there were Democrats for slavery. There were Democrats against slavery. There were Republicans for or against. Like, there were just all these different kind of viewpoints because they were representing their state, their constituents, much more than they were representing the national party. Yo, can I add a historical note right there, right there, just right quick? The biggest, hardest part of getting laws passed used to be clearing the party, not clearing the floor. Because of everything SDOT just described to you, the party argument was where bills really got hashed out. But once that national narrative came out, that kind of got stolen from the system. Mm. Okay. Amen. You just have to understand, like, the history of it. Because, like, after, you know, as time moved on, really the National Party started consolidating more and more and more power. And now you don't really have a state machine. You have a federal one. So, really, all you're doing is voting Democrat or Republican. You're not voting New York Democrat versus New York Republican. Like you said, you're kind of voting my team or your team. Um, Mm. And it it makes things a lot harder to do. And it also, like, simplifies things to the point that it's hard to vote on specific issues. So if you look at somebody like Mitch McConnell, right, he has the poorest state in the union. He's the richest senator. How does he win every single time? It's easy. What he does is he brands you as a socialist. So whatever you're arguing about, whatever you're trying to do, you're a liberal socialist from New York. There's no reason why you should come in. They believe that. They have to vote on that because he makes everything binary. The reason it's binary is because there's only two parties, right? It's my team or your team. Do you want the liberals to win or do you want the conservatives to win? That is the only argument that's being had anyway. Nobody's arguing over campaign finance. Nobody's arguing over Mm. police brutality. Nobody's arguing over anything. It's really, does my team win or does your team win? And once you simplify it to that, that's why everything in this country is always 50, 50, 49, 51. Like, there's there's no issue in America that is that split other than the national party. No other issue is like that, right? But, like, when you boil everything down to are you on my side or are you on your side, not everything breaks along those lines, and that's why it's so hard to vote people in and vote people out and do all these types of things. And that's why nothing gets passed because everything's a black and white issue. So in regard, so when you guys say that too, I mean, I, I don't want to feel defeated, you know, and, and basically say like, all right, there's, there's no hope, you know, but what is our hope? What is our saving grace? So basically that, it's a, a question that goes to both of you, like, what is our saving grace? Because, I mean, it, it almost seems as though because we have gotten this far down the political rabbit hole and now that we only, you know, now we have, as you said, two binary um, entities and there's no, it's, there's no fluidity within this, um, you know, political aspect. What do we, what can, what, what can we do if, if like, just like myself and you guys want to make change and, and, and want to have, you know, uh, more of options to, to choose from? What can we do as as side? Is it really just voting, you know, trying to continue to vote our interests and vote the person that we want to win, but, you know, hoping that they don't kind of get lost into the, you know, the political and Democrat Republican, uh, you know, environment or, or storm, if you want to call it. Is, is that what it is? Or what do you guys feel? 
kind of like the joke I ran before where I was just like, you know, the revolution needs to be financed. But you really do have to yep. put your money where your mouth is as people. Mm. There's fund candidates mm. that you like, and then you have to provide support for them. Um, you have yeah. to help them get into office. I mean, eventually it would be great if there was more than one party, two parties in the system. And there's something like that you could do, but I feel like anytime somebody wants to have a third party, all they do is run for president. They don't run for local and um, state For local, office. yes. So, so like, if you want to have a, a real vibrant third party, well, you have to build it up in the state the system. Local, yeah, that's because on a local level, the Democratic and Republican two-party systems make it impossible for third parties to really get in in most places. So they fuck I mean, the rules up to fuck up anyone else from disrupting what they got going on. I think it's kind of like name recognition. Like you could run as a third party, but like nobody really knows who's the local, um, you know, whatever, whatever from the third district in, you know, the Bronx, right? So you vote Democrat or you vote Republican. Um, I think you really have to try to find ways to get name recognition in these places and really try to build that out. But I think like, well, kind of like you actually, said, it, I, saw, I think you just hit the nail on the head. The problem is people don't monitor their politics like they monitor sports. <laughs> Like, we've turned politics Very into sports, but now Very true. no one pays attention. So, technically, all of us are owners of the team and have a say on who gets picked for what roster. But if we don't pay attention, then I assume the coach makes the decision. And that's essentially what happens now. Because most people can't tell you their representative right now. And most of them, even the people who voted for it, it's the Democrats. They can't tell you their name. Yeah. So, that's the reason why they don't know who the third-party candidate is. They don't even know who's representing them right now. No, that's that 100%. I mean, even when I vote, I vote party line. I vote Democrat because, like, I feel like my only other option Same is here. Republican. And I don't want to race my vote. Yeah. But you have to kind of get people to think that they're not really racing their vote if they vote for these other people. And I think, it's, to be honest, though, like, I do think it's a responsibility for people developing third parties to really make that happen. Like, you can't – you have to – you have to focus your resources on very small places, right? Like, it's going to be hard for you to run a national campaign or even a state campaign. But you can target one district in one municipality, right? That's like very you can, true. Very you true. can target that and just put all your resources there and really build yourself up there and then slowly spread out. It's a difficult mm. thing. It hasn't really been done, but that would be the way to do it. Like, you just, you know, mm. the way the system's set up, it's kind of rigged. That they, both parties want to make it hard. Like, for me, like, I would love to see a partyless ballot, right? So, like, what, you sh- what should be able to happen is instead of there always being a Democrat versus Republican, if two Democrats get the highest amount of votes, they should go off against each other. And the same thing should happen with Republicans because then it makes the, um, the top line a little bit different, right? Like, if I'm running against another Democrat, I may have to be a little bit more conservative to pick up those Republican votes. And it makes the National Party a little bit less strong. But nobody wants to see that happen because they like to entrench themselves within that that state within that party, right? So, like, things mm. like that would be helpful, but the parties don't want to do that. As much of it is, like, you know, party top vote and set, the Democrats and Republicans both agree that they like the two-party system and that nothing should change it, and that all those parties should remain there. That is one thing, and that's yeah. very, very bipartisan. Yeah. But as you said, Essa, and I agree, if you focus, like, because we think – macro right in regards to politics is you know just in my opinion what i when i kind of see just uh the average american right we, we kind of go macro we, everybody wants to vote for the presidential candidate but you know not thinking of well at least you know democratically um you know assuming that 
most of the Democrats are not thinking, let's vote, let's vote locally, right? It's always about the president. Um, so if you target a, like one district, one county, whatever the case is, and you put your resources to that, you gather up people, it's going to be hard, you know, it's going to be difficult because you're fighting an uphill battle, you're fighting a machine that has been, you know, in power, you know, for quite basically, you know, since the, since this country started. I actually want to kind of throw it out there and, and, and see what you guys, um, if, if there is a major thought that you may have had even today, yesterday, this week, that you want to let the people know about, like when we put this out, what would that be? Or if you have a gold star point, um, or if you're sending somebody to the great field. But I just want to throw those, those three options uh, out to you guys. <laughs> I think about how to point it is something I'm, I think people should think about. Like, when a lot of this is going on, I see a lot of people posting on social media that they've been blocking people, they've been leading people, they have all these racist friends, blah, blah, blah. I think that's actually the worst thing to do. Really what you end up doing is you end up insulating yourself and creating the information bubble that is really the problem with the American system today. If you have people who are posting things that you disagree with, that you dislike, respond to them, have that conversation. People always want to have yeah. the conversation, right? Like, oh, we need to have this conversation, but when somebody starts having a conversation, they block them. And, you know, yeah. that's just the wrong way to go about that. I've had a couple of people post things that I truly disagree with online, but I try to interact. I try to have a civil conversation with them and get my point across. I don't believe that. Is that I'm cancel culture? Exactly. Yeah, it's cancel culture, but it's also just, like, the cool thing to do is, like, oh, I blocked them, right? Like, it feels so good, and everybody's going to give you the likes. It's much less popular to have a conversation, to have your views be challenged. Because if I give you your, your view, my views, you can come back at me with your views. And yeah. I may be wrong, right? Like, I could give you all my stuff, and then all of a sudden you just disprove me, and I could be wrong. That's the more vulnerable, that's the more brave thing to do. So I think really have those conversations. Don't get angry. Don't get mad. Provide your points. They provide their points. You may not get them to change their mind, but at least they'll be mulling over what you said. So anytime something else yeah. happens, they'll be like, oh, wait, no, Spencer said, you know, A, B, and C. That might be this, what I'm seeing now. And slowly and slowly, you can at least bring people a little bit closer to the center, a little bit closer to your point of view, and you might learn something. I like that thought. So, I like that you know, thought. I think that's how I would should I, engage. I want, I want to piggyback off of that, too, a little bit, and I'm going to kick it to Pharaoh because I'm glad that you said that, too, um, that, you know, Spence, because I was thinking that earlier today, and, and just to kind of give a, a quick, you know, real-world example. So, um, and Spence, you're going to probably – I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this girl – named Dina, um, who lives in Pound Ridge, and apparently her family owns, you know that market? Um, so you know when you're going like past Fox Lane and you get to the, that gas station and you make the left? Have you, yeah, have you been that way in, like in a little bit, if you remember what I'm, in regards to like I mean, location? It's been so long since I've been anywhere. It, I know, it's been a while. Yeah, that's why I was like. So, there, so, so this girl, Dina, and her family, I believe, must own this, excuse me, must own this, um, this uh, grocery store, market. And apparently, um, she put up, like, two days ago that she was extremely mad because, and, and granted, her post was vague, but you kind of could read between the lines. And she was saying that um, whoever it was came in and said that they wanted to put up signs in their grocery store. And they told, they said they you know, um, informed the patrons that they um, respectfully did not want to have any signs put up uh, within the market. And apparently, whoever it was said that, I don't know if they were black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, but said that they were going to, like, boycott, you know, the market and blah, blah. So she was like, I'm extremely upset. 
So just with that cancel culture, I've seen people say like, oh yeah, I've been blocking and removing it. And but I'm like, I'm not blocking anybody because I want to see who these people are and what it is that they what it is that they feel um, and think about. Um, and I actually have been, you know, uh, I would say engaging in dialogue myself, um, you know, on Facebook or on social media uh, with blatantly like with white people um, who, you know, say some really extremely outlandish or like their thoughts in regards to, you know, what's going on with um, uh, George Floyd and, and, and so forth. So. I agree with you, Scott. Like, have those conversations. That's how you. That's how you. Uh, that's how you converse, right there. Um, Farah, what are you thinking? Um, like, has anything crossed your mind that you want to let people know, or if you have a gold star point, or are you send somebody to the great deal? Um, I mean, the world's kind of ending. <laughs> you know, kind of gold star <laughs> points you give people at the fall of the civilization. And during the good times, like you kids. <laughs> That's the gold star point. <laughs> That's my gold star point. Enjoy the yeah. last few but days. But do you have anything else? Do you have anything else that you were thinking about, like this, like well, even this Esther, week? Like Esther hits yeah. a very good point. I'm going to just echo him. I don't unfollow people. That's how I'm able to have such a deeper insight because I talk to people who are very much racist. I try to always counter my argument in a way that they just can't racistly counter back. So that's why I use mm. the term natural born citizen over Black Lives Matter. Natural born citizen mm. written in the Declaration of Independence, written in the Constitution, like it's dead, bitch. Like I'm telling you, state officers are killing your citizens. So I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about a crime committed by the state. You know, and, be, and that's, I talk like that because that's how white people understand the argument. And it's something I've learned <laughs> And talking to them, I'm not going to convince you to like black people. That's a waste of my time. And I feel like that's yeah. what Black Lives Matter is essentially trying to do. Convince white people to like black people. They don't like you, bro. If they were going to like <laughs> you, they would have had, they had plenty of opportunities. All right? The black people during the 60s and 70s were the coolest motherfuckers around. If you didn't start fucking with black people then, it never was going to hit for you, buddy. <laughs> it never was going to hit. All right? <laughs> all right? So... <laughs> Stop. All right, stop. If you don't like Marvin Gaye, you're not going to like black people. <laughs> bro, bro, we have all the opportunity in the world. You know what I'm saying? We even switched up the style all over a gangster for you. If you didn't catch on, <laughs> you're not going to fuck with us now. All right, we smoothed it up. We smoothed it down. Kind of hit you in the middle with a little bit of Drake and R&B rap all together. If you ain't fucking with us by now, you're not going to fuck with us. We're all the athletes. We're all the stars. You have ample opportunity in American society to decide whether or not you're going to fuck with black people or not. All right? Mm. So the ones who are still committed to not fucking with us, they're not going to fuck with us. Stop wasting your time mm. trying to get them to like us. So let's talk and about what we wanna... can pass to fix the yeah. laws in our system. And that's why I don't think you should yeah. follow people. You should engage in conversation. But do it like you know. Don't argue. If you tell someone they're wrong, you're not going to get anything through their head. They're like, ooh, that's an interesting point. Where'd you get that? I find mm. the best way to get people to change their opinion is to have them explain to you where they got it from. Mm. Sometimes saying it out mm. loud sounds ridiculous. It sounds stupid when you say it out loud. <laughs> In your head with all your other buddies who think like you, all that shit sounds smart. No, nobody's thinking outside the box there. But if you make them say it outside and you just look at them like, mm, really? Okay. I don't know if I can fully agree with that, but let's dissect it. Start a conversation. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make it lighthearted. Make it friendly. Don't get angry. 
You can't be out here talking to white people if you have the anger of the ancestors crawling on your sin. It's not going to work. It's not going to mm. work. Just so to that's my off, uh, points. <laughs> just to piggyback off one thing Cheryl said, um, I think that a lot of times, especially with Black Lives Matter, the only way you come up with a slogan like that is if you never talk to white people or racist white people in general. Because you have to learn how to speak other people's languages. You have to learn how to yeah. actually communicate them. So if, you, if you're arguing a point, like you want to argue police brutality, it's really easy to argue it as the federal government's assault on individual rights. Because that's what really conservatives care about. And if you argue it like that, it's a lot harder for them to disagree with something like a cop breaking into the wrong house and shooting somebody and being able to get off with it, right? Because do you want Obama sending his troops into your house, murdering you, and then all of a sudden coming off scot free? They're never going to agree with that point because they know that that's what they don't like. So being mm-hmm. able to communicate with somebody, you have to learn the language that they have. And the only way you can do that is through speaking with them. If you speak with them, you can easily communicate, and then it's a lot easier to get your point across. And also, like Farrell said, you've got to get them to say what they're saying out loud. It is very easy to sound smart in the echo chamber. It's much harder when you're saying it out loud to a group of people that the way you got this was from some internet video from some dude in a bunker in western Mississippi. All of a sudden, it doesn't sound mm. smart. So, like, I yeah. think that those communications, they help everybody. They really do. They help me when I'm reading the National Review and I understand how they see these things and how they think about them. And it helps them because they're communicating with me and that they see the other point if it's argued correctly. So I think all of that is very, very helpful, and I think that would advance the conversation a lot more. I agree with you, and as, as, every, with you both, actually, let me say, um, every time I get on the phone with you guys, I feel like I level up like Mario. Uh, you know, I have a plus one um, above, above me uh, and, and just getting bigger. I, I really do appreciate this, y'all. And, of course, um, again, this is Reasonably Woke. Uh, we are we're, we're, we're black men, as, as you guys have seen, and we're not trying to tear anybody down. We're just trying to build people up, <laughs> as you guys have seen those memes. And I know I, I actually participated in it um, yesterday, uh, you know. Uh, so we're going to continue this thing. And, and, and again, I, I thank you for letting me take some of your time and, 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 and um, you know, getting this sporadic call because um, I think that this is needed. So. Hey, again, this is Reasonably Woke, helping you to navigate through this political and social environment through a intelligent but melanated point of view. Guys, S. Dot, Pharaoh, I thank you guys, and most definitely be safe out there if you are going to protest, and make sure you're wearing your mask and sanitize all the time. Because <laughs> the corona's coming back. It's still out there. Like the, yeah. Like yeah. New York is in phase two soon. New York is in phase two this coming week. The best thing about this whole thing, though, is that in New York State, they have open carry laws now. So I just went to a store. I was able to buy a drink, and now I can sit down on a park bench and have my drink. <laughs> if anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? With, that, with no bag, no brown bag. No brown bag, boy. I just have it in a, they gave it to me in a little, like, plastic cup thing. Um, you know, over what? here, um, I'm enjoying oh. my little cocktail, man. It's, 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 it's a good life out here, man. So, you know. Wow, man. And it's a nice ass day. Kind of day. With some minor benefits. Just look at the cup of half full, you know, or like a quarter full. If there's, there's a little drop in there, there's a little drop of water somewhere. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's too much. All right, y'all. I'm going to let you go. I'm about to go take care of this baby, but 
Yeah, be safe, y'all. Again, I thank you. All right, be All right, safe, brother. Man. I'll see you later. Appreciate you guys. Later. Peace.